this episode of the podcast, we talk with Phil Bogard. Phil, I met this weekend while doing an event. He works for a fantastic organization that's helping those in recovery, utilizing the power and the strength of music. It's a fantastic organization called Rock to Recovery. We're going to talk more about that here in just a second, but I want to go ahead and say thank you and feature one of you who took the time out to leave a review on iTunes. This is from Monty Hess. It says, Rick, I love your podcast. Highly valuable and relevant information. I have a teenage daughter who's interested in a music career. We are trying to educate ourselves so she is well prepared as she works towards her dream of becoming a professional artist. Thank you for doing what you do. No, Monty, thank you. Right now is the best time ever to be in the music industry. The opportunities to build, engage, and monetize a fan base has never been easier. So why do so many artists still feel stuck and frustrated? Because the music industry is constantly evolving, and they aren't. I created this podcast as a way to help you navigate the music industry, to stay up to date with the changes, to help get your mind focused on what really matters. My name is Rick Barker, and I went from living homeless on the streets, addicted to drugs, to helping launch one of the biggest stars in the world. I've consulted major labels like Sony and Big Machine Records, talent TV shows like American Idol and The Launch. I co-authored the $150,000 music degree, and I speak at music conferences all over the world. I have a goal to affect millions of people with songs I didn't write or perform by helping creatives just like you get your content to the world. This podcast is one of my ways to achieve that. Welcome to the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. Helping you navigate the music industry, here's Rick Barker with the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. In this episode of the podcast, I am excited to introduce you to a gentleman I met uh, while we were both participating in an event in Nashville called Spotlight 615. Uh, I had read a little bit about him in the, you know, the website that kind of tells what but everyone does, and uh, he was with a program or is with a program called Rock to Recovery. But what I loved when I heard him speak was he also said he's probably the only guy in the world that has ever shared the stage with Hanson and Insane Clown Posse. And I said, shit, just for that alone, I want him on the podcast just to talk about that story. But his name is Phil Bogart. He's doing some uh, really amazing things. And uh, Phil, thanks for being here. And let's chat a little bit about you and what it is that your organization's doing, and we are definitely going to talk about Hanson and Insane. Fantastic. Thank you for having me, and that is definitely my claim to fame. Um, I played the Gathering of the Juggalos two times. And what is the Gathering of the Juggalos for those of us that do not know? That is the big festival for Insane Clown Posse. Um, so it's an uh, 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 outdoor festival. Everybody camps out. Um, if you look on the YouTube, if you look on the internet, there's all kinds of kind of bizarre press re, uh, regarding uh, Juggalos and the Gathering. Um, how do you, how do you spell that? And did you just refer to YouTube as the YouTube? The YouTube. I like to say things like that, like okay. the Walmart, the Walmart, the YouTube. You know, okay, so that, we're going to uh, go to the YouTube. And how do we spell Juggalos? J U G G A L O S. All right, we'll check it out. What's interesting is that when I was working with Live Nation uh, on the merchandise side, we did uh, merchandise for Insane Clown Posse. So they would always send me bags of, of samples to show people. And my son would always yank out the Insane Clown Posse stuff. He had no idea what it meant. He just do it look cool. 
So it does look cool. It does look cool. They have great branding. They are branding geniuses. They have done very well for themselves. Well, let's think about that for a second for, as we always steer this back to the independent artist, here's a group of people that I don't know that they've ever had a radio hit, but they have made a fortune through being who they are for years and years and years, so much so that they have their own festival. They make millions a year in merchandise and things like that. So, so everyone who tells me, oh, I got to have a record deal and I got to be on the radio to be successful, BS on that one. Truth, truth. They, they are, they're uh, marketing, brilliance. Um, they, you know, they've been independent for the bulk of their career. They famously had a record deal with Hollywood Records that was very short-lived. I think the album got pulled off the shelves because Hollywood's owned by Disney. I was going to um, say, there's a little contradiction there. <laughs> it's a great story, though. Like, their whole existence is a great story. They get a lot of negative press. Um, and I honestly, like going into it, didn't know what to expect, was definitely a little scared from the press that I'd seen. And then you get there and you realize all they've done is take the Grateful Dead mentality and apply it to hip hop. It's, right. it's just a hippie festival for, for people who prefer hip hop. And there's every walk of life there. You go down the row of tents, right? All these people are camping out in this tent. You've got a motorcycle mechanic in the tent next to him. You've got a drug dealer in the tent next to him. You've got a dentist and his wife and kids, you know, and, and the tie that binds them all is for a week out of the year, they like to dress up like clowns and go watch hip hop. Dude, I love it. It's like Burning Man for hip hop. Uh, it's, it's, it, it absolutely is. It's very similar. What it reminded me of when you said that Hanson was playing with Insane Clown Posse, it reminded me of the time that the Beastie Boys opened up for Madonna. <laughs> They were on tour together for a whole summer, and the Beastie Boys were the opening act. Well, Hanson never played with Insane Clown Posse. I am you the tie did. that binds them. I you played, are the tie. Okay. I, I toured with Hanson. So I've had, basically, I've had three notable music careers. Uh, my, my first band was Ingram Hill. It signed a major label deal in 2003. Okay. Um, we boasted a couple radio singles that did fairly well. Um, we played Jimmy Kimmel live. We did, uh, had three placements in major motion pictures and, you know, that, that jam ran around Maroon 5, Gavin DeGraw, um, all the late nineties stuff. And one of the acts that we toured extensively with was Hanson. Uh, God. okay. And, and so by the time we were touring with Hanson, they were grown up. They were not, it was not the Mbop prepubescent okay. kid. Um, they were grown uh, Taylor had already started uh, a family. Um, I think Zach was the youngest at that point, but he, even he, I think, was like 20 years old by then. Oh, okay. Um, so you are post-Bubblegum Hanson Pop days. I, I mean, uh, yeah, for sure. And and the, the funny thing about them is I also equate them to the Grateful Dead. They were like the Grateful Dead for college-age girls at the time like these girls would camp out in the ghetto in Philadelphia to get a spot for the general admission, you know, wow. floor. Um, it was a pretty wild ride with them as well. They were another one that at that point I'm watching them work independently. Um, just making money hand over fist. Uh, well, the thing is when you get yourself out of the machine, no pun intended, you're you, the restrictions, the shackles break, you're able to get creative. You're able to experiment you're able to explore you're not sitting around bound by spreadsheets and charts and 
all this other kind of BS that really, for me right now, hinders the music industry, which ends up causing a whole bunch of other issues, which is going to circle us back in to what it is that we're here to talk about today. But this is great that we've been able to incorporate how being different really makes a difference sometimes, especially with the tools and resources that we have available today. And with everything that you have with Rock to Recovery, tell us a little bit about that because people listening know my story. They know I'm sober. They know that I was a knucklehead. They know that I share my experience, strength, and hope with others, you know, so that someone may realize that, holy crap, if it can happen for this guy, it can happen for me. Tell me a little bit about Rock to Recovery and how people not only tell us about it, but also tell us how people can go and support it. Fantastic. So uh, I ju- I've been with Rock to Recovery for a little over a year now. Um, it was formed by Wes Gear, who had a band called Head P.E. back in the day. He started Head P.E. And then he ended up being the lead guitarist for Corn for a handful of years. And everybody remembers Corn with a K. Um, when Head, Head is, the, is probably the most notable, recognizable member of Corn. He's the guy with the eyeliner and the dreadlocks and all the facial tattoos. When he left Corn, my boss yep. is the one who filled in for him. Wes took his place while, while he was gone. And when he came back, Wes uh, was looking for the next thing in life and started Rock to Recovery. So there's 13 of us now, 13 or 14 of us now that are program administrators um, that carry this form of music therapy into drug and alcohol treatment centers, long-term mental health facilities, and we work with veterans. We work with VA hospitals, and we also have a contract with the Department of Defense to do the Air Force Wounded Warrior Program. Um, so basically what we do, who we are, what we do, what we do, how we do it, why we do it, here's the, here's the bullet points. Um, we go in, we're an ancillary program with most of these facilities. We work with them, uh, with their clients, uh, weekly. And, uh, we go in, we carry our own gear in there. We get, we specialize in getting non-musicians to play and sing. And then uh, after a clinical check-in to kind of stir up not only emotion, but to stir up lyrical content, we write and record an original song in every single session. So wait a minute. So you're looking for people in these recovery homes that have no musical experience. And then you're going to take them through the process of learning to play and learning to write? All in 90 minutes. And we churn out some songs that are ready for radio. You would... uh... That is awesome. And then... Yes, yeah, so I'm thinking too. I'm thinking as a businessman, I'm like, how? Oh, I'm thinking past this. It's like, how do we start teaching like people like me how to pull this off? Because I can't sing or play. This would be great. Uh, well, you know, it, it, so it's a big thing. It, not only is it a big emotional booster, um, it's, it's completing a task for a lot of people that haven't completed a task in a long time. It's a team building. Really, the, the inception of it came from when Wes uh, was in rehab. They let him have his guitar. And I always give this precursor anytime I'm discussing this in the South. Please take no offense. But he, w- he broke out his guitar, and they were making fun of country music. They were, they were writing silly country songs, right? And all of a sudden, all these guys came together and wanted to contribute to writing a silly country song in Southern California, kind of making fun of country music in a friendly way, in a lovely way, not, not in a malicious way, but just, just being silly and having fun. <laughs> and... That's funny that you're setting yourself up like that here with Little Nas X having the biggest 
song I, in the world right now, you know. I know, right? At the taping of this podcast, Little Nas X is still setting records. Yes, yes, yes. Not in a malicious way, in a very gentle, loving of and respectful of country, but still having fun. And really what he noticed, the biggest piece that he noticed in that exact moment was these guys that didn't like each other, couldn't tell you why they didn't like each other, didn't know why they didn't like each other, but all of a sudden they're friends. Now they've united on this goal and it's to have fun, right? And, and the further he goes uh, in pursuit of, of chasing this thing, the more we learn about the brain science, about what happens when you sing, about how performing music is one of the few activities that fires off both halves of the brain. It releases oxytocin, serotonin, and dopamine. Um, so you're literally getting these people to feel better when they're in uh, not the greatest moment of their lives. You'd, you'd be right. tremendously surprised at the quality that I get out of detox. I go into a detox every Tuesday, and we write songs. And, uh, you know, you can literally get someone to forget that they're dope sick when you get them engaged in an activity, when you right. get them to start feeling accomplished, and when you get those chemicals flowing in the brain in a natural, healthy dose. And isn't this what's going on, too, with the folks that are writing with the veterans who are suffering from PTSDs and things like that, or anyone who's had head trauma, that when you get them thinking about these other skills or things they normally don't have, everything else just kind of shuts off around them? For sure. For sure. Yes. And I have friends. Uh, so uh, another one of my uh, musical career paths was I did play with a top 40 country act for a while uh, called Walker McGuire. They're on Broken yes. Bow. Yep. And uh, they wrote, they wrote with Creative Vets. They did one of those, uh, a song with a, uh, uh, a medic um, that it was called, They Call Me Doc. And so there, there are plenty of people out there doing uh, various brands of, of songwriting therapy. Ours is a little different in that we get everybody playing and singing, participating. We form a band. Um, oh, wow you know, with a group. That's the big, the big thing that we're doing that's different from everybody else's version of this, this type of music therapy is we form a band um, and it creates this bond. It gets everybody united on the same page, on the same team. It's pretty wild. It's, uh, you know, is having- Is there any place where we can go see videos of this or is it all anonymous? Is well, it all here's the, it's, under so the here's radar? The it's all uh, it's all HIPAA compliant, but it's all on SoundCloud, so you can hear all of it. So if oh, you go, great! Okay. Go to SoundCloud, uh, uh, search "Rock to Recovery." You can listen to uh, all of our playlists. You can dig through our playlist. My most current playlist is Philly, Nashville, 2019. All right, so I'm going to go to SoundCloud right now. We're going to go find it's. Uh, what is yours? Spell it for me. P H I L L Y space nashville space 2019 uh, oh hold on i'm in my bad hold on let me go to soundcloud first yeah, i went to the wrong place so we're in soundcloud and we're going to sign in continue with facebook all right folks uh we're gonna search Philly, Nashville, 2019. Here we go. Which which one can we play? Which one do you like? Uh, start reading me from the very top. What there, There's one that's right up there towards the top. That's yeah, called, I'm going to give this to you right now for you to see. The Real Struggles. Dedication. Dedication is the one. 
uh, New Way Dedication, I believe. There it is. All right, here we go. What's the name of this band? New Way Dedication. That's awesome, man. That is so awesome. And, and I'm just, you guys are building the track while you're there. It sounds like who's playing the guitar in the background. Is that you playing the guitar? So that was, that was me playing guitar. That was a, actually a very small group. And, and the reason that was so special to my heart is that was a, a MAT program, a medically assisted uh, treatment program, uh, IOP intensive outpatient. And that actually was not my group that day. My entire group that was supposed to be in there all live in the same halfway house. Someone brought some dope into the halfway house. The whole shut house. They get shut down. Yep. The whole house relapsed. And I grabbed those three guys um, from a group that I had before. And we just, we just threw that together. We were processing. Those were their friends that relapsed. They're, they're losing friends left and right, not just to, you know, not just relapsing, but their friends are dying left and right. Sure. And, and we threw that sucker together in about 30 minutes. I've got two guys on piano, but they're both playing bass parts. So right. it's got that weird dissonant uh, double bass sound. Um, and then I've got the guy on the microphone that um, had written lyrics for me before, but he'd never gotten that into it, never been that willing to get on the mic. And we were all just kind of in a moment feeling it. And uh, it, it's extremely heartfelt. And it was extremely, you know, in the moment we were, we were there, we were locked in together. Awesome. So we're talking with Phil Bogard from rocktorecovery.org. How can people get involved to help support the cause? Uh, what are the next steps for besides in the show notes? I'll make sure everyone knows how to find you on social media. We'll make sure that you're tagged. Uh, what, what is it that we could do? What, what do you need from us? Honestly, uh, no holds barred. What we're, what we're really doing these days is uh, funding campaigns. Basically, uh, small monthly recurring donations are the best. And what I hit people up for is $10 to $20 a month. Um, and you can do that through our website. 
Um, if you're listening and, and, and I'm moving you to do that, when you donate through our site, you pick which one of our program administrators you are supporting. Um, you know, very specifically, what I'm raising money for in the Nashville market is to carry uh, sessions into the VA hospital. Either, uh, you know, there's three in the outlying area. So I'm, I'm trying to secure funding to carry uh, our therapy on a weekly basis into the VA. Um, I've successfully raised enough money to be able to carry sessions lately into the next door, which okay. is a nonprofit facility for uh, pregnant women and young mothers uh, in addiction. Um, so yeah, that's our biggest thing. You know, we, uh, we don't have a, an office per se. The office exists in my phone and in my car. And Good. like I said, we're an ancillary program. So really, you know, it's just to cover the overhead for our nonprofit work. That's what we're always seeking. And my, my sales pitch to everybody is, you know, $10 a month is less than two large lattes from Starbucks a month. Absolutely. No, we'll definitely hook this up and help with what we can. We've got a big reach and we've got a lot of people that love to support. So rocktorecovery.org. Uh, let me show you exactly where you're going to go to on that so that we know... For those of you that are watching this on YouTube, you'll know exactly where to go. And if you're listening to this and you want to see Phil and you want to see some of the things that we're doing, you can head over to YouTube at Rick Barker Music and you will be able to see what Phil and I just saw. So we go over here to donate. So we click on donate. And after we click on donate, we scroll down and we're going to donate $10. I wish to donate an extra uh, yes. Uh, we're going to do monthly. Which Rock to Recovery rock star inspired you? Phil Bogard. Uh, added dedication. I'll type in all the billing information and stuff here in a second. Uh, but we'll take care of this on our end. So I'm going to start it, guys. So it's up to you to finish it. Uh, and there we go, man. Uh, I'll go ahead and stop sharing this and I'll finish this as we get done. But everybody should go in and do what they can. Uh, we'd super, uh, we'd really appreciate it. I thank you for taking the time to share this cool story with us. There's a lot of really neat things happening in music that we aren't aware of. We're all caught up in our own thing one day, not realizing that there's certain people out there that don't even know if they're going to wake up again. And we take for granted every day that one, we have our freedom, two, we have the ability to create and letting you share these stories with us puts this uh, humility factor to it. But I think I'm saying that right. It kind of humbled me a little bit. Yeah. I appreciate you so greatly. Thank you. You're awesome, man. We'll talk soon. Guys, once again, rocktorecovery.org. If you want to see this podcast, you can head over to youtube.com forward slash Rick Barker Music. And uh, I'll talk to you guys on the next episode. If you feel that having a manager is what is needed in your career, if you think that is what is missing, I invite you to head on over to managemymusiccareer.com. That's managemymusiccareer.com. Take the Am I Ready for a Manager assessment. And also, you'll get invited to a free manager training where I talk about what it is that a manager does, when you should look for a manager, what to expect from your manager. And I'll even break the big myth of what everyone thinks is really happening inside the music business. Just head over to manage my music career. 
www.rickbarker.com. You've been listening to the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast with Rick Barker. You can follow Rick on Twitter at Rick Barker Music. And remember, you don't drown by falling into the water. You drown by staying there.